sweet land of liberty, our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinach. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. We have a very important topic for you today. We're going to be talking about the influence of spiritualism within the Christian community and within politics. And my guest today is a good friend and colleague, longtime Christian evangelist, John Carter. John, welcome to Freedom's Ring today. Thank you so much, Alan. Glad to be here. So... When we think of spiritualism, I think a lot of Christians think of things like the biblical example of King Saul, who consulted the witch of Endor, who allegedly brought up the ghost of Samuel, etc. And ultimately, the next day, Saul was killed. It didn't end well for Saul. You know, we think of that sort of thing as spiritualism, you know, calling on the dead and what have you. We have different forms of spiritualism that are a risk of deception here in the church today, and and they have profound political implications as well. So talk to us for a minute about the forms that you see spiritualism taking that are especially dangerous for Christians. Alan, in the prophecy of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in the New Testament, the great apostle Paul talks about the coming of a great deceptive power. And this deceptive power will overwhelm the world through the sheer mass of lying delusions. It talks about this being a satanic power. In fact, calls it the the spirit and the essence of Antichrist. And the spirit and the essence of Antichrist in Second Thessalonians 2, the great apostle Paul talks about the coming of a sinister anti-Christian power that actually sits in the church. This is of profound significance. It says that this power, a latter-day power, sits in the temple of God. And so we are to look for manifestations of, of spiritism actually in the Christian church. Uh, then, Alan, the, the prophet goes on to say that this power will be characterized by an overwhelming ability to tell amazing lies and deceive the world. This, of course, somewhat fits in with the concept today of post-truth, where my idea or your idea or anybody's idea is of equal worth, irrespective of the facts of the case. And so the New Testament draws a a latter-day picture of the coming of an anti-Christian power that actually manifests itself in the Christian church, talks a tremendous amount of lies, and deceives the whole wide world. Okay, I got that. But one of the things that I have picked up on is there's a modern movement of people who call themselves Christian prophets. Yes. And they claim to be, you know, to have a special connection to God and to be getting messages. but. Um, You know, I took a class in college on prophetic guidance and the tests of a true prophet. And if a prophet prophesies falsely, 
that's uh, an indication that they're not a true prophet. Yes. And mm-hmm. prophets, almost to a person, I think, were all insisting that God showed them that Donald Trump was going to be reelected. And of course, he wasn't. So some of the prophets have apologized. Many of them have not. And, you know, there's some debate within the Christian community about well, does that make them false prophets or not because they got it wrong? Or, you know, then you have those who would say, well, the election was stolen and they were really right, but it was stolen or try to, you know, explain it away somehow. But how do you see this problem of spiritualism relating to the prophets and their involvement with politics? Alan, first stop. I would think that uh, we could say that these so-called prophets outside the mainstream of Christianity. These well, except people, they're within the mainstream of American Pentecostalism yes. and the American Christian political movements. You know, if you go back to the days of Martin Luther, who started the Protestant Reformation, which basically started America. That's where it all started, uh, with, the, um, with the Protestant Reformation and the Puritans and all the rest of these people. Martin Luther gave diatribe after diatribe against the so-called uh, Christian prophets. The teaching of the Bible is that Holy Scripture is the authority. But we have a new phenomenon today. Well, it's not new because it goes back many hundreds of years. But we have this phenomenon today in the Christian church where you have these so-called prophets. And it doesn't matter what they say. People are still going to accept them. And it is true. Uh, Donald Trump, whether he tried to do so or not, surrounded himself with a group of so-called Christian leaders who gave false prophecies, manifested strange spiritual phenomena, and I think were a part of the downfall of the Trump White House. How do you see his Christian leaders contributing to the downfall? of his administration. I think they they led him down the wrong path. There was a time in America, and we would like to think that the elements still remain today, when a Christian leader would speak out against moral depravity, lying, and all types of sin. But it appears that many of the so-called Christian leaders who surrounded Donald Trump were the first ones to condemn sin in the opposition party while condoning it in their own political party. And so you've got Christian leaders who have become tremendously politicized where up is down and left is right and truth doesn't matter. A spirit of lying has overtaken many of these so-called Christian leaders. That sort of hypocrisy which is the old-fashioned term for it, is what, what I see um, my, my civil rights friends and secular friends who are intelligent, who are looking at what's happening, and it's nauseating to them. It turns them away from Jesus, from the church, yes, when they see Christian leaders behaving this way. And, yes. you know, and here I am trying to be a Christian and make Jesus seem attractive, uh, that you can, you know, be a caring, compassionate, 
advocate for truth and justice and, uh, you know, be motivated by Jesus, believe in Jesus. I can sympathize 100% with your, uh, with your secular friends. Um, Alan, we don't have to know too much history to know that communism and all of these other things arose in, in Russia as a reaction against this a corrupt form of Christianity. And so corrupt forms of Christianity are, are not altogether new. But unfortunately, secular people look at these pseudo forms of Christianity and they say, if this is what Jesus stood for, we don't want to have anything to do with it. Mm. But of course, Jesus had nothing to do with this, this counterfeit. But am I hearing you to say, John, that uh, you perceive a demonic influence, this anti-Christian lying spirit that is taking hold of some segments of the American Christian church. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I see this, Alan. I, I think that is absolutely true. The spirit of lying has taken over some of the Christian church, especially in the United States of America, and this even percolated into the, uh, uh, the realms of the Trump White House. And I think this did not help his presidency. I think it helped to lead to the overthrow of his presidency. Of course, this is a, a huge statement. I have watched in amazement and awe at some of the people who were in his inner circle as they gave these prophecies. I heard his main spiritual leader, a lady saying, the rain is coming, the rain is coming, the rain is coming. And she's quoting, of course, the Old Testament about the coming of the rain representing the Holy Spirit. You know, he's going to be reelected. He's going to be reelected and then breaking off and babbling an unknown tongue. Um, I think it is unknown. I think it's unknown to God and unknown to man. And so you've got here a group of people who pretend to be in the mainstream of Christianity, but they would be condemned, I believe, by all the great Protestant reformers who confronted similar people uh, at the birth of the Protestant Reformation. These people are off track. These people are in a, a realm of their own. Well, you know, the, the tragedy, of course, is, it is wedding this corrupt form of Christianity with a form of American patriotism and nationalism yes. called Christian nationalism. Yes. We've done some specific radio shows about Christian nationalism and, and the major role it was on full display on January 6th with the uh, shenanigans at the American, at the U.S. Capitol. And, and I would just say for our listeners too, you know, you hear Pastor Carter's accent, but he's lived in the United States of America for a very long time. Uh, 35 years, Alan. Long enough to have an opinion about uh, uh, <laughs> things that are going on in the United States. Well, John, you'd have an opinion if you'd only been here for 35 minutes, but that's just <laughs> you. <laughs> well, in the last minute or so that we have, uh, maybe a word of encouragement for our listeners. Alan, Alan, before you go any further, my wife is calling out, we are American citizens. <laughs> okay, then. And seeing we have American citizens, 
we have the right to opinions almost like as much as you. <laughs> there you go. I'm sorry, I'll keep going. Well, a word of encouragement, perhaps, because I think the problem here in, in some is reliant on experience as against the word of God. Absolutely. So in the closing minute we have, do you want to speak to that for a minute? I think true Christianity, Alan, is not based upon gut emotion. I don't think it's just all religious, all hype and talk and all the rest of this stuff. It is based upon obedience to the word of God. It is not based upon talking in tongues or miracles or any of these things or so-called prophecies. It is based upon obedience to the word of God, but first and foremost, obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, who was the very opposite of a Christian nationalist, the founder of Christianity, the very opposite of a Christian nationalist. On that note, I'm going to thank my guest, John Carter. I'm going to encourage our listeners to look for his show, The Carter Report, I will say, one of my very favorite preachers. As we close, remember, friends, at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help workers suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. Join the North American Religious Liberty Association producer of Freedom's Ring on the web at religiousliberty.info. And you can listen to Freedom's Ring on our SoundCloud radio station or on iTunes. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let Freedom Ring.